Okay, every, um, every Jewish boy and girl, man, woman, over the age of Arabas Mitzvah, has a Mitzvah Seme Daraisa, by a Tayyar Mitzvah, on Pesach night, to do the Mitzvah of Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, which is to go ahead and tell over the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Now, what's unique about the Mitzvah of Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is that Midah Araisa, on the Torah level, there is no exact text. And really, in the olden days, every person would go ahead and they would say over in their own words. They would have their own choice of words. They would say it in their own words, exactly what, how they felt it should be given over to their children. Even though there are some basic halachas and there are some basic guidelines, as we are going to explain. However, what happens, like all of our, um, like our Shemun Esrei, the same idea, that Be'erech, at the time of the second base HaMikdash, what was put together was a Nusach HaHaggadah. And basically, what we have in our Haggadahs, the words are not mandatory on the Torah level. However, it was put together by the Chacham of that Dar, a standardized Nusach, that everybody should have a Haggadah in front of them, and everybody should have this text. And really what the Haggadah, the text of the Haggadah is, it's a starting point. It's points of discussion. And since it's points of discussion, we start from the Haggadah in front of us, and then we can go on to discuss more things that um, each person feels is meaningful to him, and he can go ahead and expound on any part of the Haggadah that he would like. Now, before we discuss what exactly is the mitzvah and what the halachas of the mitzvah are, but let's first discuss what are we trying to get out of the mitzvah of Sipi Yitzhak Mitzrayim. What does Hashem want us to do on the night of Pesach nights? What does Hashem want us to get out of telling the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim? So we're all familiar with the Ramban at the end of Parashas Bay. Where the Ramban tells at the end of Parashas Bay that HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not make open miracle, miracles to show who He is and to show Himself off to every single generation and to every single Russia and to every single Kaifer. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world in such a way that only on a very minimal amount of times in the history of the world does Hashem reveal Himself to the world. And we are supposed to go ahead and learn everything that we know about Hashem from those open miracles, pass it on to our children, pass it on to our grandchildren, and that becomes the cornerstone of our emuna and our Avedis Hashem. And Yisrael Salanta used to say that similar, that you know, if a person comes into a doctor's office and he wants to go to the doctor, so the doctor doesn't have to go ahead and give him a, take a three-hour test for every single person there to prove that he knows how to be a doctor. Right? He has a certificate, right? He, he passed the test once. He has a certificate to show it. And everyone looks at the certificate and they know that, um, they know that the doctor passed the certification. So too, Hashem, in the times of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, He proved totally and unequivocally who He is. And we'll discuss that more in a minute. And our job every single Pesach night is to go ahead and to review what we learned from our parents, from our teachers, and pass it on to our children and on to our future generations. 
And that becomes the mitzvah of Sifu Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. The Alta from Kelam says that even though the whole year it might be difficult to teach Emuna, but there is a special siyata deshmaya on Pesach nights to teach Emuna. It's like they're giving out Emuna for free. That any lesson in Emuna Pesach nights is taught easy, is absorbed easy. That is the Skula Sazman. That is what's going on Pesach night. It's in the air. And therefore Pesach night becomes us this unique opportunity to go ahead and to pass on the Emunah to all of our, to ourselves, to our children, and to our future generations. And I also wanted to mention that even though every single family sits by the Seder alone, and we sit there in the Seder, all we see is a few people, but one should think by the Seder that it's not a personal tradition family to family, but rather there are thousands upon thousands of Yidin in all different countries having the same Seder as you are having tonight. And really, even though we might see ourselves as a small group, but we have to realize that when we sit Pesach night by the Seder, we're really part of a tremendous large group, which is setting aside tonight to learn Emuna and to teach Emuna. So there are five basic lessons that we have to get out of the story of Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim. Number one is Mitzhiyaz Hashem. To prove that Hashem exists. To prove that Hashem exists. And when you talk about the various Makais, you talk about how Moshe Rabbeinu came with a message to Parai, Parai didn't listen, and Hashem had the ability, therefore, to go ahead and to change around everything in the entire world. HaKadosh Baruch Hu showed unequivocally through the various Makais that He's in charge of the blood, He's in charge of the water, He's in charge of the, the, the creatures which live in the water, He's in charge of the wild animals, He's in charge of the temperature, he's in charge of the weather, he's in charge of animal life, he's in charge of, of human life. HaKadosh Baruch Hu proved unequivocally that he exists and that he is the Kal Yachel. He can do whatever he pleases and nobody could stop him. So that's the first lesson we have to walk away from, Pesach night, that Hashem exists, right? Hashem exists and he can do anything in the whole entire world. Number two, we have to learn Pesach night about Sechar Va'inish. We have to learn Pesach night that HaKadosh Baruch Hu punishes the wicked and He rewards the righteous. He punishes the wicked from the Mitzrayim. We learn the Mitzrayim started up with Klal Yisrael. For every Averi they did that they were punished. Every Mitzri was punished exactly according to his involvement. And we see the tremendous reward that Klal Yisrael had, and really I should say the reward of Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov. That Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov, who were tzaddikim in a world where there were no tzaddikim, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu promised that he will forever protect their children, and they walk out of Yitzhak Mitzrayim unscratched. So we learn from Yitzhak Mitzrayim the issue of Sechar V'Einish. Sechar V'Einish means that we're liable for what we do, we will be rewarded for the good, and we will be punished for the bad. So again, number one is that Hashem exists and He has Yechaylis, He can do anything He pleases. Number two is, we learn we learn that HaKadosh Baruch Hu rewards and HaKadosh Baruch Hu punishes.
Lesson number three. Hashkocha Pratis. Hashkocha Pratis means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is watching every individual person and HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends every individual person exactly what he needs, when he needs, and what's coming him, and what Hashem wants to give him at that particular moment. Two people drinking from the same cup of water, a Yid and a Mitzri. The Mitzri gets dam, the Yid gets water. The lions are running down the block. They'll eat up a Mitzri child, they'll leave the Yiddish child alone. That teaches us, Hashkacha Pratis, that each one of us live in our own individual world. Each one of us live with our own individual protection from Hashem. And we have to remember that whatever comes in our life is tailor-made for us. Hashem is watching, Hashem is looking. Every mystery, as we're told by Chazal, got exactly what was coming him. Every yid was rewarded exactly what was coming him. And we learn from T.S. Mitzrayim, Hashkocha Pratis. Number four. We learn from T.S. Mitzrayim that Hashem communicates with mankind. That there is Nevuah. Right? HaKadosh Baruch Hu speaks to Meish Rabbeinu. Meish Rabbeinu relays the message to Parai. Parai says no. And then Meish Rabbeinu brings a Makkah. Goes back to Parai. Meish Rabbeinu davens. And the Makkah goes away. We see from Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim, Nevuah, basically, that Hashem communicates with people what He wants, what His intents are. We also see that people communicate back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu with Tefillah. Now, let's just separate this into two parts first. Nevuah. Why is Nevuah, the lessons of Nevuah so important? The answer is because Nevuah is needed to believe in Tayyar Menashemayim. The whole Tayyar that we have is because HaKadosh Baruch Hu communicated with three million people by Harsinai. HaKadosh Baruch Hu let us know exactly what He wants from us by coming to Harsinai, by Maimon Harsinai. The whole entire Kla Yisrael heard the first two Dibras from Hashem, Anoichi V'la and therefore we know that the Torah that we have is given to us by Hashem. But the beginning of this lesson, that Hashem communicates with mankind, we learned in Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim, with the Nevuah of Meish Rabbeinu. The converse of that, maybe converse is not a good word, but we also learned that a person communicates with Hashem. We learned that Tefillah, Meish Rabbeinu Davins, and Hashem accepted his Tefillah. So we take out of Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim, as lesson number four, this communication, so to say. That Hashem talks to us, and we have the ability to talk back to Hashem. Now, if you think about it, these four lessons that we mentioned so far, basically are the most of the animans. It's really the Animamans before we get to Mashiach, and we'll talk about Mashiach a little bit later on. But if you look at the Animamans, you'll see that really we could derive the Animamans from Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim, either them directly, or the, the you know, parts of them. Right? The first Animaman is Animam Abuna Shlema. That created and he runs the entire world. 
and he alone is the one who makes and creates everything. That was very clear, you see, Mitzrayim. Hashem ran the world, right? Hashem changed the world, and only somebody who made the machine could change the machine so violently, etc. So that's proven very clearly to Yisrael that Hashem runs the world. The second Adimam is that Kodesh Baruch Hu is a Yochid. That Kodesh Baruch Hu is the only power in the whole entire world. There is nobody else and there is nothing else. Right? That also we saw. Nobody was able to tell Hashem what to do. All the Vaidizar of Mitzrayim, all the Kish of Mitzrayim, right? Was unable to affect Hashem in any which way. We learn about Tefillah, we learn about Nevuah, right? And from Nevuah follows Tayyim and Hashemayim. We talk about HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Yedeah Kol Maisa Bnei Adam, HaKadosh Baruch who knows what every individual person does, right? That we saw in T.S. Mitzrayim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Gremel Tayyim L'Shayim Mitzvaysav, Umanish L'Oivay Mitzvaysav, that we also saw in T.S. Mitzrayim. That Hashem creates um, Hakadosh Baruch Hu pays good, and He punishes for averes, and that really becomes the focus, the fundamentals. We just listed off basically the first eleven of the thirteen animamins. All of those things were proven to us unequivocally in Yitzias Mitzrayim, and therefore the story of Yitzias Mitzrayim becomes very important, becomes the focal point of our Amuna. Because every single Jew who sat in Mitzrayim saw it, experienced it, started passing it on to their family, and passed it on to all future generations. And maybe later on we'll discuss that we're really a lot closer to Yitzhak Mitzrayim than you think we are, but that's a little bit of a mathematical cheshman, so we're not going to make that right now. Is it a 40 generations or something? It's like 60 Pesach. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, if you figure that what? Right, right. Okay. No, 60 Sixty, sixty seconds, not even plus. Okay, we'll discuss it. Well, it doesn't make sense. No, no, it means like this. I was at the pizza theater with my grandfather. Generation, sixty generation, generation. Generation, sixty generation. Every no, sixty. No, every seder. No. No, 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 okay. No, no. A Seder. Cycles of Seder. Right, right. A Seder. You were at the same Seder with your great grandfather, so that's one. No, so the way, the way they say it is like this. The way, the, way they say, the way they say it is like this. That, that if you have a grandchild who sits by a Seder with his grandfather, and his grandfather tells him that when he was a little boy, right, he sat by a Seder with his grandfather. Right? Who told him that he also sat by a Seder. Right? You got the picture. That's why it says about Mount Cheshun. I don't want to lose the flow. Okay. A person sits by the Seder with their, grandfa- with their grandfather. Right? So, okay. So let's say, let, so let's say um, now it's 2012. Right? 2012. And you girls, I'll say on the average, 15 years old. And let's assume for a second that your grandfather is 70 years old. Okay? So you would sit by yourself, his grandfather is 70 years old, so he was born in Be'erach uh, 1940, right? Doing the math good so far? He was born in Be'erach in 1940. So if he's born in Be'erach in 1940, so he's telling you that in 1950, right, he sat with the Seder with his grandfather. 
right? And his grandfather told him in 1950 that 60 years earlier, which is in 1890, right, that he was sitting at a Seder with his grandfather, who's been sitting by a Seder since he was a little kid. So that means your grandfather heard in 1950, your grandfather told you that he heard in 1950 that his grandfather sat by a Seder in 1890, and he's been sitting there since he was a little kid. So you, take, so you go back another, let's say, 60 years, you end back at 1850. So you basically know, without any complicated messiahs, that your family was celebrating a Seder 150 years ago. Right? Think about it. It's too complicated for right now. But Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim is three and a half thousand years ago. Right? 150 goes into so three... We can think back. 150, right? Uh, right, three and a half, right? So basically, it's only 20 of these combinations will bring you all the way back to Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim. Okay, whatever. Okay. So let's proceed. Yes, it is. 20. 20, 20, 20. It's like 20 of these cycles. 20 cycles. Anyway, okay, so we learned four things so far from Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, right? We learned Mitzhiya's Shem that Hashem exists, we learned Tzachar Va'inish, we learned Tashkach Pratis, and we learned Nevuah. Now, there's another fifth lesson which we have to learn from Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, and in today's crazy world that we live in, this is a very, very important lesson. And this is that Hashem loves Kal Yisrael. That Hashem is dear for Kal Yisrael, and Hashem loves Kal Yisrael, and Hashem, will discuss in a minute, will always protect Kal Yisrael. That's number five. The special love which Hashem has to Klai Yisrael. If you think about it, the Mitzrayim, as we all know from Chumash, were not the best people in the whole entire world. They were Oyzeh by Dezara, as we know. <coughs> they were Megala Arayas, right? The biggest Gili Arayas in the whole entire world was in Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim. Well, sorry, it was, in the, it was in the land of Mitzrayim, right? If, you know, what's his name? Avraham Avinu was scared to take Sarah down into Mitzrayim. And Mitzrayim was known for Shtufei Zimah. Mitzrayim was known to be the most immoral society around. Okay? Kishof, which Hashem is not so happy with, was rampant in Mitzrayim. Right? The biggest Kishof machers were in Mitzrayim. And therefore, these Mitzrayim were not exactly tzaddikim. Okay? What happened in Mitzrayim was that even though the Mitzrayim had not been behaving themselves for hundreds of years, Hashem, He let it go. Maybe they'll do tshuva, maybe this, maybe that. HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not start with them. The moment when Hashem says, listen, let my children go, let my nation go, and the Mitzrayim say, no, 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 the moment the Mitzrayim started up with Hashem, what's the gate to Klal Yisrael? That was their downfall. That was it. Because Hashem went, He took care of Klal Yisrael, He started with my Klal Yisrael, you are in major trouble. That's the way it goes. And you see throughout the Makkahs the tremendous hashkacha which HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave to Klal Yisrael. And you see how everything fit into the picture, the working hard, this that they had to work a little bit harder, was in order to get them out earlier. And when you go through the story with Tzies Mitzrayim, you see the tremendous hashkacha pratis which HaKadosh Baruch Hu has, down to the fact, Chazal tell us, that the reason why Pesach is in the spring, why Hashem took Klai Yisrael and Yisrael in the spring, is because the weather is beautiful, right? Mighty Yisrael the Kaisares, Hakadosh Baruch Hu. We every single year, right? We make sometimes leap years. We make an ibiyar in order to um, make sure Pesach stays in the spring. 
Why is it so important to remember from generation to generation that Pesach has to be in the spring? Why does Pesach have to be in the spring? The answer is, Chazal tell us, because Hashem wanted to take Chalashua Mitzrayim on a beautiful day. Shouldn't be too cold, shouldn't be snow, shouldn't be trudging through the mud, shouldn't be too hot, right? HaKadosh Baruch Hu, down to the last detail, took care of the Yidden in Mitzrayim, on the way out of Mitzrayim, throughout the Midbar, and therefore, one of the lessons that we have to learn from Yitzhak Mitzrayim is that Hashem loves us. That even though things might be going rough, there are times when Hashem is hidden, but we have to know that Hashem loves us a tremendous, tremendous amount. So, Hakdama number one, and we're going to have three of them, Hakdama number one is that the five lessons we have to learn from Yitzhak Mitzrayim is that Hashem exists, Schar Va'inesh, reward and punishment, Hashkach Pratis, Nevuah, and that HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves Klaus. Hakdama number two. What are the basic halachas of the mitzvah of Sipu Yitzhak Basically speaking, the basic halachas of the mitzvah of Sipu Yitzhak Basraim. Okay? Halachas. Okay, so there, the basic halachas of Yitzhak Mitzrayim is as follows. Number one, there are five things which have to be done on Pesach night. Five things which have to be said. Or five halachas of how to say it. And this, as we go through the Haggadah, you'll see this in the Haggadah. Number one, the Haggadah must be said, Derech Shaila Uchuba, in a question and answer format. People listen better when they have a question and their question is answered. Therefore, the Torah was Mechayimus, that the mitzvah of CPC Yitzrayim must have a question and answer format. The best way, which is not always practical, but we find this, you'll, you'll, you'll remember this from when you were younger, is that we make changes by the Seder. We're trying to pick up that child's interest the child should ask his own question of why is tonight different than other nights? And then the father answers the question. However, even if the child already learned a lot of day school, they remember from last year, and their question is not piqued by uh, their natural curiosity, but the first halacha is that Sibutis Mitzrayim must be said, Derech Shaila Uchuba, with a question and an answer. Right? We ask a question. And we answer, So this mitzvah is done in a question-answer format. If there are children at the table, the children ask the question. If a person is with his wife by the table, then his wife asks him the question. If there are two people, two men, two women by the, by the table, then one asks the other. If a person is sitting alone by a seder, he asks himself. Do you know what I said in, in the Marish Some people say it as well. You should say it by yourself. Just two minutes. What? Just two minutes. But in straight halach, you don't have to. In straight halach, you don't have to. Because, because it's there of Shaila Shuva. If you're asked by somebody else, if you're asked by somebody else, you do not have to answer. You, you, you're, then you become on the answering committee. Right? But basically, CPT is Mitzrayim. CPT is Mitzrayim is there of Shaila Shuva. It's done question answer format. That's halach number one. Halacha number two is maskel begnus u mesayim bishvach. 
that you start with the bad and end with the good. We have to start the story of Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim with how bad off we were before Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim. And then, only then, do we talk about how well off are we since Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim. So again, Maschel Begnus, we start with how bad it is, Umesayim Beshvach, and we end with how good, how good Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim is. There are two reasons why one has to be Maschel Begnus, Umesayim Beshvach. One reason is that nobody could appreciate anything unless he knows what it feels like not to have it. Right? There's Baruch Hashem, a person who's healthy, a person who could see, right? Doesn't appreciate the fact that he could see. If a person would have to have, have patches on his eyes for two weeks, and for two weeks he'd be walking around, not be able to see where he's going, have people leading him on, and what? Can't appreciate less what? We don't appreciate things unless we don't have them. First. Right? So, so a person, let's say, would have to have patches on his eyes for two weeks, and then he wouldn't, wouldn't be able to see for two weeks. And now, take off the patches, he would appreciate seeing. Right? Because we, the way Hashem made us is that we can only appreciate what we have by not having and therefore, we're master bignos umasayim bishvach to for us to understand how much thanks we have to have to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, how much we have to appreciate what Hashem did to us by understanding how little we had before Hashem took us out of Israel. So that becomes master bignos. That's the first reason. The first reason is because we appreciate much more. If we appreciate much more, if we understand where we are coming from, I don't know if you girls are old enough, but sometimes when you come when you come to a simcha, and uh, grandfather will get up, and he was a, he's a concentration camp survivor, or he came to America as an immigrant and he had absolutely nothing, and he gets up by uh, a simcha, and he starts telling everybody about how miserable it was a concentration camp and how he's running away from the, from the Goyim in Europe and he finally came over here and, and he's, crying by, he's crying by the Simcha. And, and you know, everyone's listening and you know, obviously they're, they're patiently listening. But like, sometimes a person could think, like, you know, so why are you telling all these sad stories by a happy occasion? What's going on over here? And the, the answer is really that really he's not trying to tell you the sad stories. He's trying to explain to you how happy he is. Because since when he came to this country, when he was running away from the Nazis, or when he was in whatever situation he was, he was in such a hopeless situation, and he thought that he'll never get married, he'll never have children, and now he's Hashem to be by a grandchild simcha, the simcha which that person feels is much, much more than the simcha which a person who grew up in America and everything was fine, everything was dandy, feels by a grandchild simcha. Because since he was at a point in his time where he thought that the whole world was hopeless, where he thought that he never experienced it, so therefore, when he does experience it, and he does express it, it means much, much more to him. And therefore, if I say, look, great, Hashem took Adam and Israel. Okay, it sounds very nice. 
If we don't start Avadim Hayinu Lepayim in Mitzrayim, if we don't start about how the work was in Mitzrayim, so then we can't appreciate what Hashem did for us. So, Maskel Begnus Umesayim Bishvach becomes the conduit of appreciation. And this is why we eat more by the Seder. Why do we eat more by the Seder? Some people have a mistake. They think we eat more by the Seder because it's like a moment of silence because we're feeling bad for the Yidden and Mitzrayim. Right? So we have to have like a moment of no say but all of feeling bad for the Yidden and Mitzrayim. It's incorrect. We don't eat. The only thing we do pace at night is we celebrate Ke'ula. We celebrate that Kodesh Baruch Hu Seder took out of Mitzrayim. The reason why we have to eat more by the Seder is is because if you don't know how bad it is, then you don't know what you got. Right? If you don't know, if you don't eat the maror, if you don't taste the maror, then you also can't, then you're not really tasting the matzah. If you don't realize how bad it was in Mitzrayim, then you cannot properly appreciate the boon and how great what we have today is. So therefore, the second halacha is, maschel begnosu Mitzrayim v'shvach. So the first reason we said is, it helps you appreciate the second thing which Maskel Begnus or Messiah Mishvach does for us is, is it lets us know that everything that we have is from Hashem. Now, if you're a person who has $10,000 and somebody gives him a million dollars, so he only has to thank the person from 10000 to a million. If a person had $0 and he gave him a million dollars, he has to thank Hashem from 0 to a million. If a person owed a million dollars and you give him $2 million, one, to pay back the previous, and the second is to, to have a million dollars. So, if you know where you start, then you know how much you got. So, Maslow begins from Messiah Bishvach, A, as we said before, if we know what we didn't have, then we can appreciate what we do have. And second, what we have to realize, that everything past the Vodim Hayinim is a present from Hashem in Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim. Right? As we learn later on, we would still be in Mitzrayim. The fact that we are not having back-breaking labor is also from Hashem. So again, is the second halacha, and we do this two places in the Haggadah. We talk about the Gnus of Ruchnius and the Gnus of Gashmius. We say, We say that we were slaves to the power of Mitzrayim. Hashem took us out. Second of all, we say that our forefathers were and now we serve Hashem. So we talk about the Gnus of Ruchnius and the Gnus of, and the Gnus of Gashmius and we contrast the Gnus to the Shvach. So that's the second halacha of Sipo Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. Number three, you'll notice towards the middle of Magad that we say over four psukim in Parashat Kisavim. There's an abridged version of the story with Tzitz Mitzrayim in four psukim in Parashat Kisavim. Arabi Ayyad Avi, we talk about Bayer and Mitzrayim, we talk about how went down to Mitzrayim, how the Mitzrayim made them work hard in Mitzrayim, they dive into Hashem, and Hashem listened to them and took them out of Mitzrayim. There are four psukim in Parashat Kisavai which tell over this story in short and in brief. The Chazal learned out from psukim that we have to darsh in those psukim. We have to recite those four psukim and we have to explain 
the hidden meanings of every single world, word. And that really becomes the central part of our Yitzhiz Mitzrayim by the Seder. Now, really, as we proceed in that we'll see that this is embedded about halfway through what we call the Seder. And sometimes people are already in a rush by the time they get there. But the main part of the Mitzvah is to go through those Psukim and what the Psukim mean. Right? Everyone remembers, right? Rabbi Yavidavi, right? The Yerid Mitzrayimah, by Yerayu Sanu Mitzrayim. Right? Zudever, and this is the Dam. And this was Shanema, right? All the Psukim that we bring in the, in the middle of Agadah. What we're doing over there is we're darshitting our way through those four psukim in Parshish Kisavai, we say the psukim and we explain the psukim. And the central part of our story is to say and explain those four psukim. That's the third one? That's the third one, right. The mitzvah is to say those four psukim and explain those four psukim as best as you can. The Baal HaGadah explains it in a certain depth. And that becomes the center part of our story even though you'll smack in the middle and sometimes it's getting late and people might rush, but that really is the main part of the Haggadah. Number four. Number four is, we learn out from a Pasuk, that one has to explain why we do the mitzvahs of Pesach, Matzah, and Mar. Right? Everyone knows at the end of the Haggadah, right? We say, Pesach we eat because of this. Matzah we eat because of this. Mar we eat because of this. The Haggadah, one must explain in the Haggadah why we do the mitzvah of Pesach, Matzah, and Mar. Now, I just want to share with you for a minute a different perspective of what's happening by the Seder. If you remember, the way the Seder officially starts is, is that the kids have all sorts of questions, right? All sorts of funny things. If you think about it, their questions revolve around the mitzvah of Pesach, Matzah, and Mar. The first question is, why do we eat matzah? The second question is, why do we eat Mar? Right? Then we tell the whole story, and then we say, the Pesach is for this, the Matzah is for this, the Mar is for this. The basic mitzvah of Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim is to focus on the symbols, is to focus on the Pesach, Matzah, and Mar. When we talk about the Avodah Mayinu, how bad it was, the Gnus, that's really discussing the Mar. When we discuss about how good it was, that's either the Matzah or the Karim Pesach. Basically, the Mitzvah is to bring out the symbolism of the various Mitzvahs of the nights, and the Sipur Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, in a certain way, is the explanation to the children and to ourselves why we eat Pesach, Matzah, and Mar. So the mitzvah of Yitzhiya is accomplished by us discussing and focusing on the mitzvahs of the, of the night. So the fourth requirement of the, mitzvah, of the night is to clearly speak out. This is why we eat Pesach, this is why we eat Matzah, and this is why we eat Mar. The final and fifth part is the mitzvah of saying Hal. Many Rishayim learn that saying Hal by the Seder is Midaraisa is part of the mitzvah of Sipitiyas Mitzrayim because we have to know and we have to appreciate. Okay? So just to review briefly. First, it has to be question and answer form that wakes people up. We, the world of contrast. That gives you the proper appreciation. We have a certain version of the story that's explaining those four psukim. We tie it into the mitzvahs and we end 
the story with a tremendous amount of shira to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, singing HaKadosh Baruch Hu's praises, feeling as if we ourselves went out of Mitzrayim. We have our own personal appreciation to Hashem, which gives each and every one of us our own personal commitment to Tayyarah Mitzvahs, etc. Okay, so we learned today the five lessons, the five parts of the mitzvah, and we have part of the second act done, we have two more things, and then we shall go on, Mitzvah, to the third act done.